we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Episode 17. R.I. Piss H. W. Bush. Uh, in this episode, we will discuss a few of the uh, finer points of uh, the Bush life and the things that they've done for, to our country. And it's just going to be a couple of them. I'm not going to get deep. You can look this shit up yourself. I'm just going to discuss it. And then this morning, uh, I was on the Facebook and I saw uh, Raylene Lightheart, uh, co-host of uh, the Johnny Rocket podcast. I believe she's a co-host. Uh, posted something about a woman being sexually assaulted by police. And I, if you listen to the end, you'll hear me get real animated. I'm not proud of it, but I was pissed, and I'm going to leave it in because it was true. It was true feelings. So enjoy, motherfuckers. Rest in piss, Bush. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into all the George H.W. Bush badness, but uh, there is a couple of things I'm going to talk about. Get a little deep into those. We're not. It, there's all kinds of shit you can look up about this son of a bitch and figure out what he was into. I'm just going to grab a couple, go into some facts. Then we're also, you know, as I discussed at the beginning, which I haven't recorded yet, so I hope I remember to discuss it so I don't sound weird right now, <clears throat> about, uh, I think it was in Houston, uh, some cops who finger blasted a woman for 11 minutes and said they were searching for drugs and everybody's like well they didn't do it properly but it's not a crime yes it is it's fucking rape if i do it it's rape if you do it with a badge on it's rape all right let's get into bushy let's start with his father prescott prescott bush was a piece of work he uh, worked for the Brown Brothers Harriman Group uh, Union Union Bank, which was uh, in 1942 accused by the FBI of uh, laundering money for the Nazis, and uh, well, they they lost their bank for a little bit, and then all of a sudden everything gets dropped and they're back in business. Hmm, weird, right? No, it's not weird, man. That's the motherfucking establishment, son. So, anywho, uh, 
Let's go to uh, George H.W.'s World War II, uh, just the short little thing. In World War II, uh, H.W.'s was a, a pilot uh, in the Navy. I think he was in the Navy. Uh, and he had to ditch out of his plane. And his two uh, shipmates in the plane uh, were both killed. And there are ten different stories that H.W.'s told about what happened that day and there's some other people who have said some different things you can go look all this shit up yourself i didn't get much into that either i just know there was a bunch of different stories hw told and that it he may have bailed on his uh shipmates a little early and he should have been court-martialed for that <sighs> sorry about that i need a drink Ooh. So that's all we're going to talk about that. Now let's go into uh, 1963. A lot of uh, oil people, CIA types, uh, aren't fans of JFK. Bush happens to be both. He's a CIA type and an oil type. Now I know you're going to say, no, well, he didn't join the CIA till the 70s. Well, there's thought that he's been in there for a long time. Before that... Uh, matter of fact, the day after the assassination, was the day after the assassination, Hoover puts out a memo, says he discussed uh, with somebody from the FBI and a George Bush from the CIA. Now, this is 1960. No, maybe it was 1960. It was either a day after, a year after. It was around the time, it was early 60s, uh, after the JFK assassination, that George Bush's name shows up, that he had a conversation with Hoover. And then, okay, this comes out in the 80s, at like 87 or something, and everybody say, oh, no, that's a, a, a different George Bush. And then at this time, uh, the CIA is like, well, we don't know where that George Bush is. And so then when that George Bush finally is found, uh, he was. it turns out he was a low-level guy that basically worked there from right before JFK's assassination to about six months after. Goddamn trains. And he didn't have security clearance like that. He wouldn't have been talking to Hoover about shit like that. So that may have been George Herbert Walker. He may have been in the CIA before. And, well, the thing they say about the CIA, and what you'll hear, I'm going to have a play a Ron Paul bid here. He says it. Once you're in the CIA, you're always in the CIA. And, uh, you know, he was into some shady shit uh, during his vice presidency, presidency his presidency, post-presidency. <coughs> Oh, yeah, so Bush. He no likey JFK. Uh, now, there's a picture you'll see. Everybody saying, look, Bush was at in front of the school book depository on November 22nd, 1963. Now, as it kind of does, kind of does look like him, I'm not sure it is him. So we're not going to put that into the, our, uh, our bank of evidence. But he did, let's see, oh, when asked... Uh, where were you on the JFK assassination, or during the? I mean, where where did you, were you when you heard about it? And as I mean, I wasn't alive, obviously, but I remember where I was on 9/11. Uh, anybody you talked to who was alive at that time, who had, you know, could ha could have a memory from '63, will tell you exactly. Even right now, they'll say, "Oh, I was at home washing the dishes, and the bulletin came on, and and Walter Cronkite." And they know exactly where they were when they heard. And Bush said, I'm not sure where I was. So that's a little peculiar. And then in later in uh, 
his wife's memoirs, uh, Barbara Bush's memoirs, she writes about remembering where she was. I think she said something about being in an airplane or something. Or where she had a, a butte. I don't know. But she's writing a letter to her family about, you know, uh, the night the night before about how they spent the night with Doris or she spent the night entertaining Doris Almer while H dub was entertaining Al Almer. And this is, uh, pertinent to the whole thing because Al Almer was a station chief in Greece and apparently was a guy the CIA would call upon when they were going to overthrow a government or an assassinate a, a leader of a government. And uh, what happened on November 22nd, a day after, was the leader of a government was assassinated and uh, was overthrown. So right there, I mean, that's that's a coincidence. You'd have to, if this wasn't a, a presidential assassination with a bunch of spooks and, and H.W., this is something where you'd have to go talk to H.W. and say, hey, man, uh, this is kind of a coincidence, bro. What were you doing in the day of the assassination and he'd be like i don't know oh wait so that happens then at let's see what time was it it was at what the fuck did i write that at okay at 145 on the day of the assassination probably about an hour and a half almost two hours after the assassination george hw calls the dallas uh fbi that says well i think i might know uh, who may have done this, who might have had ill will towards JFK. And apparently it was uh, somebody that worked for one of his campaigns. Well, it just so happens the police show up to talk to this guy, and there's one of Bush's staffers, Bush's close staffers, at the house. And, oh, I was with him when the assassination happened. And, you know, he basically is alibized. I want to take any suspicion off me. So you go over to this dude's house. I'm going to call and say, listen, I had a guy who wasn't a JFK fan that worked for me. Go check him out. You'll be there to say, no, I was here with him the whole time. And then, boom, we're all covered. That's what I think happened there. And it's very fucking gross. And then you can go on YouTube and you can see when uh, Gerald Ford's funeral Bush is doing a eulogy, and, he, and you know, uh, Gerald Ford was on the Warren Commission to help pretty much uh, throw uh, Oswald under the bus as a lone nut. But anyway, as he's giving this eulogy and he's talking about uh, Gerald Ford's service and on the Warren Commission, he starts out. He starts it out and says, "On one fall day in Dallas, a lone nut, and he looks and give this gr gives this evil grin, and then he goes on with his eulogy." I mean, that's nothing. That's completely circumstantial, but just go watch it. It's it's evil. If if you really if you think he might have had something to do with it, if he was in on the planning, you know, and it was it was. It was the Lyndon Johnsons. It was the oil guys from Texas and and, and the CIA guys. And a lot of the oil guys and CIA guys were uh, simpatico, if you know what I mean. Same people, actually. Including uh, the guy, uh, George DeMornschild, 
who was a, a Russian oil guy who was also a CIA asset, who was known as Oswald's best friend. A, a guy with money, for some reason, befriended Oswald, and I believe he got him the job at the depository. And you can go and you can look into all that JFK shit. I was going to do a JFK show. I had so much shit on JFK. I just never got around to it. It was so much. Maybe on the 60th anniversary in five years. Anyway. <clears throat> so there's that. Now let's get out of the JFK shit. Let's go to the Iran-Contras and the drug smuggling and Barry Seal, Tom Cruise, whatever. Uh, so in, okay, in 1981, uh, Reagan signed Executive Order 12333, which if you're a conspiracy theorist, one times two is two. And two times three, three, three is six, six, six. What? I'm just kidding. I just saw that and thought that was funny. <laughs> anyway, so he signs this executive order, which uh, gives the intelligence community uh, unprecedented, unprecedented surveillance uh, abilities without having to be transparent. Also, well, does that sound familiar? I, probably this executive order led to what we're in today. But, uh... So there was also the this kind of compartmentalized a part of the CIA, and there was no FISA, no judicial oversight, no FISA court, ECPA, no congressional oversight, no transparency by the executive branch, which is, you know, the president. Bush was a vice president like Cheney was a vice president. They both had more power than most vice presidents ever had. Vice presidency used to be just kind of like a guy in waiting who would go and cut ribbons at railroad cross openings or some shit. And if something happened to the president, okay, then there I am. I'm the president now. But he had power. Cheney had power. They, they were doing shit in the back. And uh, right here is where I think I'm going to play uh, Ron Paul. Uh, we talk about a whole lot. Of course, we always have the trouble of getting the attention that we think it deserves. There have been a few Democrats have talked about it. Senator Kerry's office has sure. done some work He's done on a lot it. of the investigation. Right. And uh, I think he's on to something. And I think we've gotten some other information, too, of course, that uh, George or the CIA has given Noriega over the years $200,000 a year. Oh, yes. And uh, they kept feeding him money even when uh, Bush was the head of the CIA. I think uh, George Bush is uh, deep into it, well over his head. Somebody asked me once if, uh, if I thought George Bush knew about as much what's going on as, as Ronald Reagan. I think George Bush knew a lot more about what was happening in the CIA because I think uh, Reagan was probably more removed from it, I mean, just by his own personality and maybe his age or something. Uh, but I think George Bush, through his office and through the, and through the fact that he was a member of this, you know, head of the CIA, I think he was very, very close to it. He knows exactly what was happening. And I believe the rule that once a CIA member, always a CIA member. And I think it's awful interesting. Can you imagine it would alarm a few of us in this country if all of a sudden we knew that the leader in the Soviet Union would be the head KGB agent. <laughs> and mm -hmm. here we take our head CIA agent and put him, you know, potentially the head of our entire country. Unfortunately, I wish that we could get this information out. Uh, and I continue to talk about it. But I sadly believe that there will be very little said, which means that the Democrat 
aren't doing it, that means they're involved too. They're involved also. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, it was uh, even some of it got reported in the Iran-Contra scandals. We did know that there were uh, drugs being drugs involved, and and they were selling uh, drugs back and forth. I think that might be the number one reason. Uh, for the drug laws. I mean, they use and play on the good people of America to support them, but I think the number one reason is not not to have high prices for some uh, two-bit drug dealer as much as to raise the funds necessary to for governments to do illegal things, whether it's some terrorist government someplace or whether it's our own CIA to fund programs that they can't get Congress to fund. Uh, I think it's tragic, and uh, the sooner we get rid of the drug laws, uh, the sooner this would end. So anyway, uh, so the executive order pretty much leads to uh, old Bushy and Ollie North, you know, being able to do some side hustle shit for the CIA and, and, and making some extra money because, you know, the CIA didn't want to have to report what it's doing uh, and spending money. So what's a better way to uh, do whatever the fuck you want than making your own funds? And, and that's where, you know, arms sales and drugs come in. And they still do it now. I mean, we're over there guarding poppy fields. And that's not the pop, I don't believe that's the poppy that comes here to make our uh, opiates. I believe ours still comes from South America. But I think uh, Europe's heroin probably is putting money in the CIA's pocket. And probably in the South America's pocket. We're probably doing something down there, too. Who knows? This is just all, that's speculation. I'm just speculating. Don't sue me. <clears throat> so, anyway. So you know, uh, Ollie North, who was in the Iran Contra thing, he's kind of he was kind of the fall guy, and somehow still had a career afterwards. Was running for Senate, was on Fox News. Is a real piece of shit. So uh, then you got fuck, you got Panama, you got Noriega, Noriega in the seventies, while uh, from like seventy one on was the intelligence director in Panama. He was receiving anywhere from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, a year from the U.S. government. And in the early 80s, he became the president of Panama. There's a picture of him in 83 sitting on a couch and, you know, next to H.W. Bush. They're all buddy-buddy. Uh, they knew Noriega was doing extracurriculars, selling drugs and shit, and, and helping them. He was involved with the Contra shit, the Sandinistas, who uh, the CIA wanted to get the Sandinistas' money and so they'd sell arms to Iran, and they would allow drug trafficking into America, and they'd take that money and support the, uh, the rebels. Was it the Sandinistas, the rebels, or the government? I can't remember. But they were the, the rebels. I think they were the rebels. Anyway, so, yeah, he's... Noriega's on the CIA payroll for over a decade. Uh, he's selling drugs. He's helping with the the Contras in, in uh, Nicaragua and, and with the rebels and, and the, re the rebels were training uh, in Panama and all this was under the, under the watchful eye of the CIA and then probably HW Nolly North. <coughs> and when uh, the, the, the government, uh, the U S government wanted to uh, investigate Noriega for drug trafficking and shit, I think it was like the mid-80s or some shit. Uh, the Reagan administration, of course, opposed this. No, we can't. No, no. We can't open that bag of worms. We can't open that box. So anyway, 
by 89, obviously, uh, Noriega had well, or as welcome because that's when, uh, in, in Bush's first year as president, uh, we invade and, and take him, you know, out of, uh, power. And of course you can go look at this. You can go look at what happened in the, uh, uh, when the United States invaded Panama and the atrocity, the atrocities, uh, that they performed on a lot of the citizens. I mean, I heard a story about a family in a car being run over by a tank while they were still in the car. I mean, go look that shit up yourself. But it's fucked up shit. All right, so anyway, as far as the Iran-Contras go and the, with the the drugs and the guns and the, and the money and supporting the rebels in Nicaragua, which we were not supposed to be doing because Congress said, no, we're not doing that. That's why they didn't give them money to give to the Sandinistas or the rebels. can't remember if the Sandinistas were the government or the rebels. It might have been the government. I'll just keep calling them rebels. Give it to the rebels down there in uh, Nicaragua. And uh, so in, let's see here, October 1986, uh, a man named Admir... Amnir, Amir Amnir, I think that's his name is, was the uh, counterintelligence advisor to Prime Minister Sharon Perez from uh, Israel. Apparently, in 1986, Bush is still vice president. He uh, he's at the King David Hotel, and under the direction of Ali North, Amir is told to go to this hotel and give a full briefing to Vice President Bush, which Vice President Bush says he never this meeting never happened. But Amir kept documentation of everything, uh, video, audio, paperwork, and he called it the Hungarian Octagon. And apparently this had everything. Well, you'll never guess what had happened to old Amir Amir. He uh, had an accident in Mexico and died. And his house was broken into. Some other people who were close to him, people who worked with him, had their houses broken into. I mean, they were breaking into houses up to like in the, in the year in two thousands. People's houses were still getting broken up to broken into, and people thinking they were looking for this Hungarian octagon. Uh, well, an investigative journalist got it. I think he put it in his book. I can't remember his name. I haven't read the book, so I don't I don't know what's all in there. But apparently it's enough shit to get somebody killed and prove Bush knew about it, about the drugs, the arms, the the illegal money, the laundering, the illegal uh, uh, deals with certain leaders and or cartel, you know, giants. So, yeah, he decides to say break-ins. Uh, of course, there's the Barry Seal story. They had made a movie about it, American Made, with Tom Cruise, and uh, Barry Seal. And this is the connection to the Clintons, and this is why you know you're like, how the fuck did uh, Bill Clinton, a hillbilly from Arkansas, unknown, come in and beat an incumbent president after a successful war? By the way, we're not even going to get into the bullshit of the Iraq, the first Iraq War, the Gulf War. You can go look that up yourself about the shit they pulled. And I did have some stuff on uh, one of my episodes, uh, Six Reasons Not to Trust the U.S. Government. And one of them was when a Kuwaiti princess who pretended to be a nurse uh, said 
that she witnessed uh, Iraqi soldiers throwing babies out of incubators and killing them. She was crying. Well, she happened to be a uh, a Kuwaiti prince or, or one of the Kuwaiti uppers' daughter. And these people are all connected to the Bushes, of course. And there's a whole fucking conspiracy about why the uh, the Gulf War actually happened. And, and you can go into that yourselves. I'm not here to be your conspiracy theorist advisor. Look it up, though. It's good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Barry Seal, uh, he, he uh, smuggles drugs from the, from South America, Colombia, and other places. Flies him into Mena, Arkansas, where he's given his own airport, and he's got a huge uh, operation going in this airport. And uh, who who's the governor of uh, Arkansas at this time? Bill Clinton. William Jefferson Clinton. Old B.J. Clinton. Holy fuck, I just realized <laughs> Bill Clinton's initials are B.J. B.J.C. <laughs> That's funny. Anywho, so anyway, Barry Seal gets caught, kind of turns state's evidence, as you can say, takes some pictures. You know, he's going to be a rat. Decides he doesn't want protection. Uh, and one night, I believe it's outside of his halfway house or either that or outside of wherever he's doing community service. Uh, he's murdered, shot to death. And while... You could say, well, that could have been the cartels because he was ratting them out too. And that's true. It could have had nothing to do with Bushy. But Barry Seal did have uh, George Bush's phone number in his person. I'm not sure if it was on him or if they found it amongst his stuff. But he had a direct line, I believe, to Bush's office at the White House. In his pocket. Food for thought. All right, is that all? I mean, this this is all jumbled shit. I threw this together as quick as I could. I mean, there's a lot of shit you can get deep into with Bush. There's a lot more stuff. I I suggest you go watch uh, documentaries about Prescott and his connection to the Nazis, George H.W. and his CIA dealings and all the fucked up shit he was into. Uh, Barbara Bush being uh, Aleister Crowley's daughter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he might. He fucking looks like her. If you looked at them next to each other, uh, they both look like a, a handsome woman. <laughs> but who knows if that's a crazy conspiracy? Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm a, a conspiracy theorist. Light. There's definitely shit I believe. Like JFK was assassinated by the CIA and the mafia. I do believe that. And uh, I do believe that Courtney killed Kurt. Yeah, I do believe that. I don't believe everything. I don't believe in Flat Earth and Pizzagate. But there is some fucked up shit going on that has nothing to do with Pizzagate. But it ha- does have to do with uh, big time politicians uh, having the sex with little boys. Who took Johnny, baby? Who took Johnny? <coughs> and Bush may have been connected to that, too. That's another thing is that whole uh, mid-80s Franklin scandal, uh, politicians getting caught with young children, Dennis Hastert, Bonnie Frank, and uh, there was, and this is in the Washington Post or the Washington Times, it's in one of the Washington papers in like 88 or 89, 
I believe, when Bush, no, it might have been when Reagan was still president, but Bush was vice president, and they were caught giving a tour in the middle of the night, a White House tour to a couple underaged male prostitutes. Not them. I don't know who it was that got caught, but it was in the White House. And okay, so you got to know some upper uh, up, upper tier people to to get them in the White House, underage prostitutes, and you got to have balls of steel. So who knows who was involved with that? And if Bush knew anything about that shit, that but that is in the conspiracy thir- circles. <laughs> don't know if Bush liked little boys. Do not know. So I'm not saying that. But he was a piece of shit, rotten piss, you son of a bitch. Uh, your son, is, you know, I'm finding it so hard to hate W. I mean, I do. He, I, I mean, I think, and, and I'm kind of excited to see the movie Vice come out with uh, Christian Bale playing uh, Cheney. I'm kind of excited to see that, see where they go with it, how deep they get into Cheney's uh, affairs and what he was, you know, up up to as vice president. But oh, fuck, where was I going? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah, what I was saying was, it's uh, finding it hard to hate W. Man, he's just he looks like a jovial old guy. I kind of feel like he was too dumb to know what was going on, and I know that's a kind of a cliche hack thing to say about W. I mean, when when he's in that the uh, the classroom and he's being told that the tower was hit, and that just blank look on his face. I mean, it's almost like yeah, he knew it was coming. But he's like, oh, fuck, what did I get myself into? So, yeah, I mean, I hate W. But he just seems, I mean, he does seem like a guy you want to have a drink with. And that's sick. It doesn't make you mean you should be president. And he definitely should be tried as a war criminal. But sometimes, man, he just seems like, fuck, man, I got to look. Ah, what am I saying? Bill Clinton was like that, too, and he's a piece of shit. <sighs> anyway. Uh, what else? All right, now let's get into this fucking... Uh, these police tonight with exclusive images of a Houston woman forced to endure a body cavity search in public and demanding accountability. The incident resulted in the criminal indictment of two Harris County deputies, charges that have since been quietly dropped. Our Greg Rugan has the only <sighs> on Fox story tonight. Come on, Rugs. If the images captured by dash cam video accurately portrayed the ordeal endured by Sharnisha Corley. Many in the community will seriously question why two Harris County deputies have been cleared of criminal charges and a third never charged at all. It's because they're part of the fucking mafia. Triggered what Corley's attorney Sorry, calls sexual assault by police. 21 year old African American female college student had never had any criminal history, never been in trouble. Still images obtained by Fox 26 show Corley in cuffs while deputies search her car. One of the officers on the tape, you could hear him talking to the passenger that was already in custody in the officer's car. You could hear him telling that individual, oh, we're gonna find something if we have to put our hands on her. And they did. After a search of Corley's clothing turned up nothing, deputies decided to take their hunt deeper. This same officer body slammed Miss Corley, stuck her, her head underneath the vehicle and completely pulled her pants off, leaving her naked and exposed in that Texaco parking lot. Attorney Sam Kamak says what happened next amounts to rape by cop. They then took Miss Corley and put her ankles behind her ears, both of her ankles in a spread eagle position and began to search for something 
in Miss Corley's cavity in her vaginal area. And according to the video, which Fox 26 has fully reviewed, the probing went on for at least 11 excruciating minutes before Corley 11 fucking to minutes beneath the car and cover her naked body. We asked Harris County Prosecutor Natasha Sinclair if cavity searching suspects in public constitutes a criminal offense. No one in this office yeah, tell stands him, by the search the way it was conducted. No one okay. condones that. Right. No one thinks right. it's appropriate. Okay. It should not have happened. All right. Let's However, bad decisions, bad judgment may not rise what? to the level of criminal offense. Fox 26 has learned it does. Were dismissed oh. against the deputies on August 4th. The very day the case was set for trial, and within minutes, rapidly represented to a grand jury with what the DA's office calls new evidence which must remain secret. There has been no new factual evidence to support dismissal of the case. I feel terrible for what happened to Ms. Corley. It should never have Freedom. happened. Unfortunately, we're Freedom. in the business of prosecuting I'm, criminal offenses. And though it may not be business. criminal, exactly that doesn't mean that she won't receive me. justice. The deputies involved remain uh, on the force. Uh, and soon uh, them not going to prison is not duty. justice. Cam she will not be received. Money's not justice. Monday, sure, it's great to and have. And calling but... for an independent prosecutor, one that does not work for Harris County, which is being sued by Corley in federal court for violation of her civil rights. Greg Grugan, Fox 26 News. Taxpayers paying. Taxpayers paid for that rape because I believe she got like a million bucks she settled. And I wish she wouldn't have, but I understand it's probably pretty tough to have to go through this shit and to have to. I don't know. It, this is the shit that drives me fucking mad. And then if you look underneath on Facebook, of this video, you just see people like, well, we don't... Con Same thing the prosecutor said. Well, it's not ideal, but... It Let me calm down. I need to calm down. And I need to catch my breath. These fucks, just because they took a six-week course and put on a badge, pulled over a woman who had no criminal record, uh, they did not... There was no... Even if, you know, I don't give a fuck. It's a fucking plant. It's a, even, or, or a substance or anything. They fucking stripped her to look for a plant that she didn't have, that she was never in possession of. And I don't give a fuck if they would have thought she did have marijuana and took her to a private police uh, room and had a woman do this to her. Still think it's bullshit. The fact that these guys did it in public just makes it worse. Actually, it makes it a little better in, in, the, in the way that it's out there on video, and at least we know about it. And if any of this woman's family want to murder these cops, I would not hold it against them. I'm sorry. If you're the family of these cops, they took a woman out of her car, out of her property, and I believe in the story she was going to get her grandmother's medicine, which is even mixed even like these pieces of shit. <clears throat> they pull her out of her car, slam her to the ground, shove her head underneath the car, strip her naked, and rummage around in her 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 ass and her pussy for a. And I'm sorry, you're gonna say, "Oh God, 
Madrox, those, that's that, the language you're using when you're describing it. Well, I'm sorry. Let's let's make it as crude as possible. They stuck their fingers in her asshole and her pussy for 11 minutes. How? I mean, if it was 11 seconds, it would be too long and it would piss me off. But 11 fucking minutes. If this is my fucking daughter, I swear to Christ, I would fucking find these cops. And I'd do the same for 22 minutes with my toes, my fingers, my cock, my nose. I would fuck these guys from here to fucking China. I just spit all over my mic. I'm sorry about that. But that pisses me off. Fuck the police. Fuck the government. Fuck the state. And if you're okay with this, fuck you too. That's the show this week. From the reps of the depths of the double O beast folk Block with a Glock in a pocket full of that sex You better wear a bulletproof vest When I'm at your set, better pack you a tech Cause I'm at your neck with a clip full of that shit Nigga don't trip when I put one in your dick That rip gut cannibal handleable shit Nigga nuts and guts all over my chest and stomach Running to the lack, do my strap in the back Twist me up a sack and I'm back at the garden block Kicking it with maniac, the nigga that a maniac Sicker than sick when the clip's in progress Put them on the ground with a brain full of them nine slugs And read them and read his digest uh, I found a new love trickling in my brain. Half of the Doja, half of the OE, half of the fact that I'm that insane. Nigga, from the new four blocks up. When niggas never put their blocks up and get their cocks up. Nigga, you just can't stop up. Low to the brain, insane with a man gang. Better maintain, untouchable. Cut your throat and leave you in the street for the lynch and run your throat. Mother, fuck up, cause you ain't got no love for the block. Caught a hot from the 24th Street block. Nigga, that took a shot. Rest in peace. Call me Agent Double O. Street nigga, you know what I'm saying? And I'll tell y'all something about them fools that can rest in.